Welcome to episode three. My name is Daryl, and man, it's been a rough week. I've been feeling a little bit off mentally and physically, probably because I'm trying to kick caffeine, which I failed at, by the way, because I just went and grabbed a coffee the other day. I go to Caribou like every other day, and I spend like six fifty on a mocha, and then I go to work, and in the middle of the day, I top it off with a monster. So I'm like a Karen mixed, like infused with a Kyle. It, it's not healthy financially or, well, <laughs> you know, health-wise. Anyway, look, let's get straight into it. Halloween just passed not too long ago, and I, I've been thinking a little bit, as I've noticed everyone still posting pictures weeks after Halloween about Halloween and reminding me that I'm a intro, an extroverted introvert, as I put it, and didn't go anywhere, that a lot of people spend a lot of money on Halloween, and they are in their 20s and upward. And I thought, why is everyone spending money on Halloween and we're not kids? Simple answer is because people want to spend money on Halloween and they want to have fun. But it's a little bit deeper than that. Robin Williams, he was one of the more prominent comedians when I was growing up, right? He he was in Aladdin, Miss Doubtfire, Hello, Good Morning Vietnam, Patch Adams, and some of these are movies that were out before I was born, but I watched them when I was a kid, and I watched them routinely growing up, and he was just full of life, full of happiness. He made you think... I mean, he played Peter Pan. He made you think you didn't have to grow up. And I think a lot of millennials believed that he was one of the funnier people and that he just kind of got it. He understood that you can be childish, immature, and still live your life. But when we were growing up, all all I remember hearing was how much we needed to, well, grow up and Get ready for the real world because the real world isn't going to wait on you. And if you're not ready for it, it'll just steamroll you. And how much you just had to conform. You couldn't be yourself. Yeah, you can have your cool hair and your piercings now. But when you become an adult, all that's got to go. You lose all happiness is basically the way they they put it. You're going to have not a happy bone in your body and being an adult sucks. And well, they were right. Being an adult sucks. (laughs) Being an adult can be really hard. But having that pounded into our head, repeated to us all the time, kind of backfired. I mean, we're told all the time to grow up, and yet we are the generation that spends more money on Halloween costumes than kids do, than than parents do of kids. We're the generation that doesn't want to have that many kids. We want to just enjoy life. It's another prime example of if you tell your child not to go outside with their coat on, not to go outside without their coat on, they're going to run outside without their coat on in shorts in 10-degree weather simply because you told them to. And in this situation, it's not a bad thing. We grew up. And we decided that instead of following the trend, following the, the path, we would 
fuck back a little bit. Instead, we were going to wear what we wanted to wear. I mean, I work in a corporate setting, and before I got there, everyone was pretty uh, clear that you used to have to wear suits, women had to wear certain types of dresses, and that's just the way it was. And I, I wasn't a part of that change, but before I got there would be only about four years ago when, when this change happened, or three years ago when this change happened, and I've been there less than a year. But it just goes on to show you because the group that pioneered that big change is called the Forward Thinkers Group. And, yeah, you guessed it. They're full of millennials. They actually kind of want you to join if you are a millennial who looks at their phone all day is the way it's described. And they're a really forward-thinking company, and I love that company. I love the company I work for. I enjoy my job. But it just got me thinking, how did this backfire so bad? How did we end up in a situation where we did not want anything to do with being an adult, but we wanted all the adult privileges? And, well, that's where it brought me to Robin Williams. Robin Williams got the best of both worlds. He got the best of everything. Yeah, most comedians are immature and most comedians, you know, make jokes, but he was just just youthful, right? Youthful youthful would be the word. He was just I, I don't know how to describe it, but he was everything that you would want to be. Happy, outgoing, and full of life. And as millennials, we watched him. We watched the cartoons. We sat there and we watched SpongeBob as SpongeBob um, would show a happy fry cook, <laughs> a happy minimum wage fry cook, living his best life with his snail and his best friend who lived under a rock. And when we found out that life wasn't really like that as an adult, we said, oh, no, no, no. I, I want to be a fry cook. And I want to be happy. But instead, we got told, well, you're a fry cook, so you're broke, and you're not going to be happy. So now we're at this crossroad where, okay, if I can't be what I want to be and be happy, then it's not my fault that I can't be happy. It's your fault. It's society's fault that I can't both be happy and have money. So we've pioneered this change that we are going to forever be able to hold on to our youthfulness, forever be able to hold on to our happiness and not give that up. And a lot of people look at it as bad. I mean, people actually use the term millennial as bad, which I've never even understood. I mean, right now we're going through the whole boomer being as bad as I won't even go into that. We're going into this time where people believe that, where, where older people can't understand that you don't have to give up on your childhood. You don't have to give up on your creativity. I mean, right now would be probably one of the biggest times ever that being a creative, being a creator, a singer, a songwriter, an artist, um, a painter, uh, a director, producer, is okay. Right now, it is okay to do that. Not because it makes you money, but because life isn't about the money. Life isn't all about the dollar signs. Life is about finding your happiness 
in between that. Finding your happiness while doing that. And as young adults, we've kind of succeeded. I mean, I know a lot of people who really don't want to give up that part of themselves. They don't want to give up that part of grow of, of being youthful. Because it isn't only just being childish, it's just being human, right? There's nothing wrong with being happy. I mean, if you really want to tell me that living my entire life just for dollars, just to spend nine hours at a job that I don't enjoy, which I work at an office, but I love my job because it's an IT. But if you're going to tell me that if I didn't love it, I should still stay there and I should conform, I wouldn't agree with it. Because generational, on a generational level, that's not where we stand. We won't be told what to do because we've seen it fail. We've seen the idea of conformity fail in front of us. I mean, when we were growing up, we saw nothing but failure. We saw our parents go from the happy 90s of everything being, you know, all perfect and things were the right price to the 2000s of a, of a crash in the housing market, of a recession. And we, we saw 9-11. I mean, I don't remember how I felt during 9-11 because I was just a kid. But I remember how everyone else perceived it and how everyone else felt. And I remember the pain of, of what adults were feeling. As a child, I don't think I felt that same way, but I, I, I recognized it in adults. And we saw all of this from, like I said, the housing crash in the late 2000s to way before that, 9-11, we saw this as children, and I think we said, no, we don't want this. We don't want to watch as the world just fails. We don't want to participate in this failure. We just want to have fun, and we don't want to be told that we can't. Because when you perceive all of that as a child, when you perceive, when, not when you perceive, my fault. When you see all of that as a child and perceive it to be bad, because, I mean, it really is, but we really didn't know any better, you kind of want to fight back against it. You instead hide and go backwards and, and some eyes regress. But we didn't regress. We just decided that, if things are going to go bad, they're going to go bad while I enjoy my life. We're not going to sit back and make the excuse of, well, it happened because we're adults. Well, it happened because, insert any other excuse. We rather enjoy ourselves and live in the moments that honestly pass way too quickly. Why shouldn't we I have dreads I work in a corporate building like I said and I refuse to cut my cut my locks it's a part of me it's not that I care about them that much it's that 
Why do you care about them that much? Why does the way my hair looks affect the way that I'm, what I know? How does it affect what I know? Because it doesn't. Your perception of me doesn't change anything. And is that me being entitled? Uh, that's not really entitlement because if you didn't give me the job, I would just say, well, you weren't meant for me anyway. What it is is me accepting that who I am as a singular person, as an individual, is, has, is more important than what you want me to be in your conformity and your assimilation. So we have all, most of us at least, chosen that, decided that we don't want to assimilate, we don't want to conform, because conformity does nothing but have, but cause hive mind. And, I mean, we, <laughs> we're, we exhibit hive mind when we believe all this, but you, you get the point. It exhibits, it shows bad forms of hive mind. The idea that if we all don't have this same look all the time, something horrible is going to happen. But guess what? We witnessed bad things happen while everybody tried to conform. So let's try something different. Let's all just be ourselves. Let's all just decide that as individuals, we can be who we want to be. And as a society, being who you want to be will not affect anything. You can have a company where people have different colored shirts and it won't matter as long as you're providing the same service, as long as you're providing the great experience that you're providing previously. And interestingly, interestingly enough, as young adults, we also have a flip side to all of that because we also have a very high rate of, of depression and anxiety, and that might be a little overdiagnosed and misdiagnosed, but we do have a lot of issues, it seems, with our mental health. Do I think that all of those issues are due to the fact that we are, you know, that of what we went through? No, I think more of it has to do with the fact that we are more aware of who we are. We are more aware or very aware of the fact that if you went to school and did the school thing, you probably ended up right there with the people who didn't. Even though you were told, if you do this, if you follow the rules, if you conform, you will be a successful adult. We found out that is not true. There's gatekeepers. There's all types of things out here. So... The younger millennials, we said, no, we're just going to do our thing and maybe we'll follow your rules. We'll go to college, but along the way, we're going to have our fun. We're going to enjoy our lives. We're not going to let go of our creativity because there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Being creative, being individuals doesn't mean you're being childish. It just means you're being youthful. And there's nothing wrong with being youthful. Because being youthful is being human. So sure, you can say we're childish, say we're young-minded and naive, but you're just upset because we know the tricks and we refuse to fall for them. And, well, like I said before, I grew up watching Robin Williams. I watched a lot of his movies. And 
even though Robin has left us in one of the most horrible ways possible, he would be proud of us for dealing with the depression, dealing with the rigors of adult life, and still choosing to live the life of a youthful, happy, and creative individual that we all try to be. But along with that, we've gathered social media, and that's created a whole nother storm of just us falling right back into the same traps that the generation before us had. But that's a whole different topic for a whole different podcast. And today, we're not going to go there. But I am in the mood for some music. So this is a, this is a really, really good song. Uh, it's a little heavy, but I'm in the mood for it because, well, I've been listening to a lot of James Baldwin interviews. So here you go. This is Black Friday by Jonathan Black. Shot from the gun of a crooked cop This complexion ain't for faint of the heart Desensitized to the death of my people Around these parts that happens a lot And sometimes the murder ain't from the ops See when they banging them glocks Their only mission is to kill the opposition If you leave a nigga breathing or talk at least that's what I was taught by all the homies that told me don't trust the police cause they'll squeeze at you and leave you to rot in a cell or a box. They don't care if you innocent and they head you or not. That's why they got the body cam so your family could watch. Every black patrol's attempted murder. They don't protect and serve, they just control the victims further. They let a fucking white supremacist kill nine beautiful black innocents and then they took them out to get them burgers. Ain't it funny how they talk about justice and all this worth and then put us in front of Racist white judges and claim it work. No indictment for your whiteness. Dan died us for our likeness. Cause we've been painted as villains since our day of birth. Crooked cop, pull a trigger, just another dead nigga. Give this mob a hundred grand. That's the cycle. Get the picture up. Friday by Jonathan Black. Oh, I, <laughs> that song. Yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and get into some things. Uh, just some, just 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 a few quick things here. Um, I am a black man. Uh, it is very important that anyone listening to this podcast know and understand that I am a black man. Uh, my views are always going to be different. Um, from not only if you are white, but anyone else's views. And if you do not like my views, I do not dislike you. I understand that. What I do not uh, tolerate, nor do I accept, 
is your inability to accept that there are other people's opinions. I only bring this up because I had an incident. I'm not going to go into it, but that is very important. So with that being said, let's get back to what is at hand here. I came a little bit underprepared uh, for a second topic. I'm not going to lie. I came a little bit unprepared for a second topic, and it kind of gives me an idea of what exactly are you guys looking for from this podcast. If you can't tell, I have kind of started to do this. I wanted to make this kind of a, a thought-provoking, more informative, different approach type of podcast. And I, so far from feedback, which by the way, if you have feedback, please give it to me. Please email me at his name was Daryl at gmail.com or join my Discord, which the link will always be in the uh, description of the podcast. Or if you know me, Facebook me or follow me on Facebook at my name is Daryl, all that stuff. But either way, if you have, you know, opinions on this podcast, I want to make sure that your opinion is heard. I love feedback, um, and I love talking, so you know I'll talk about it. Uh, as long as it's, you know, appropriate, as long as it's more uh, forward-moving than it is circular, you know, as long as it's constructive, not just critical. But anyway, back to the topic at hand here. Mental health is one of the most important things to me. And I touched on it a little bit uh, in the beginning of the podcast, but mental health is very important to me. When I was growing up, I'm not going to give a sob story, but I had a pretty rough going, rough outing with mental health. Um, It has always been a fight for me. It will always be a fight for me. And... I want to make sure anyone here, as we all get to know each other, as I get to know you and you get to know me, you know, through your interactions, uh, through your through, through your metrics, um, through my interactions with you, that if you are fighting with mental health, if you are dealing with mental health, I've been there. I, I don't know how to tell you how to fight it, but I can tell you that you're going to get through it. Um the reason I bring this up is because actually uh, last month would have been, uh, I don't know how many years since, but I lost a good friend in high school uh, to a suicide. Now, I'm not trying to make this sad. I just want to kind of give a, a story here. Uh, this person was always happy. They were never, and I mean, they were never not happy. Everything they did showed happiness, exuded brightness. They greet you with a smile. They would hug you. No matter what, they were always there for you. And when the news broke that this happened, um, I was amazed. Uh, I was, I was absolutely amazed. I was so confused because it didn't make sense to me. And I always used to think that if you took your life, you were weak. I thought that if you took your life, you had just fallen flat on your face and 
didn't want to fight anymore. But that's wrong. Not because it's politically wrong to say it's not politically correct, but because thinking back on it, I've had my own bouts with suicidal thoughts and wanting to take my life. And I never was able to do it. Not because I wasn't weak enough. Think about it. It takes an insane amount of strength to do that, to feel yourself lose. And I'm not saying that they're brave for doing that. I'm saying that think of the processing in your mind that has to happen to say that I'm going to go through all of this pain to end this little bit of pain. You're going to withstand the threshold to get past it. Depression, anxiety, any type of mental health issue is not to be laughed at, is not to be mocked. It's to be observed and 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 remedied and alleviated. And if you fight with depression, you know that it's 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 nearly impossible to describe to somebody how you feel. It's hard to explain to someone that fighting with yourself daily is just routine. That sometimes the better you wins and sometimes the darker you just drags you down until you can't get out of bed. I say all of this because I've had a lot of people lost to me because of mental health. And I don't want anyone else to be lost to it. And we're only three episodes in, but you guys have helped me accomplish something that I honestly cannot thank you enough for. We have hit over a hundred and some downloads. And I don't mean this to bring about my metrics. What I mean to say is I care about every single one of you, whether or not I know you, whether or not I said a joke about you. Because quite honestly, I can be a super unapproachable person. I can be a jerk. But when it comes to how you feel mentally, your mental health, being a person who has been on that ledge, has had to use drugs and being a overall crap person to mask it, to put on the mask and not have to fight the demons that are in my head, I care for you. And I don't want anyone else to go through that. I don't want to see people go through anything. So if you have issues, I'm here. Um, You can email me. I will email back right away. Um, Because, well, I have my phone by me all the time. But this is all really all just to say, I know right now we all have these issues. As a whole, it seems, you're not in it alone. Somebody who doesn't know you cares for you. And even though I know that's hard to believe, it's true. It's uh, it's always going to be true. But that's all I have to say on that. And like I said, I'm here for you guys. And uh, you guys are here for me because this is like therapy to me.
being able to get out my weird theories and thoughts and speak to you all is therapeutic. And, well, I just like talking. So, <laughs> and if you haven't noticed, I laugh when it gets awkward. So, it's just my my weird way of doing things. But, all right, look, I am going to get out of here in just a minute. But I do want to go over something that I just kind of found, eh, I don't know, interesting maybe. So, Lizzo stole from a tweet, okay? We all are aware of that, I think. Lizzo's song, she stole from a tweet. I brought that up last podcast, but I just find the little flip interesting because I, I love PR stunts because they're, they're just interesting. So, Lizzo stole her opening line to Truth Hurts from a tweet, and then it turns out, actually, that she was making a song with two gentlemen who, well, you guessed it, made a song with her where she used that line. The, uh, I just took a DNA test, turns out I'm 100% that, yeah, blah, blah, blah. So, she used that in the song that she made with them, which they thought that, oh, since she created with us, it's, you know, all of our property because it's a group project, which is the right frame of thinking. Well, come to find out, no. <laughs> Lizzo stole it from a tweet, which she has had denied previously that she even knew about or that she even used. But since those gentlemen tried to sue her, Lizzo then turned right back around and said, no, I did not use it with you and then steal it for this song. I've been a thief all along. Ha! Gotcha! Which would sound crazy if she didn't pull what I consider... One of the top 10 flips of the year. And maybe I'll give like a full top 10 at the end of the year. Anyway, she said, and I'm paraphrasing. Actually, you know what? Let me not paraphrase. She says, <clears throat> hey, y'all. As I've shared before, in 2017, while working on a demo, I saw a meme that resonated with me. A meme that made me feel like 100% that bitch. I sang that line in the demo. I later used that line in Truth Hurts. The men who now claim a piece of Truth Hurts did not help me write any part of the song. They had nothing to do with the line or how I chose to sing it. There was no one in the room when I wrote Truth Hurts, except me, Ricky Reed, and my tears. That song is my life, and its words are my truth. I later learned that a tweet inspired the meme. The creator of the tweet is the person I am sharing my success with, my success with, not these men, period. Thank you to everyone who has supported me and my song. Now, that normally would be like okay to say, and I would totally be on board with you, but you can't deny that this tweet ever existed previously and refuse to give credit to the person who did the tweet which, by the way, your tweets are your property. So, yes, Lizzo owes someone money. And then flip it back to use the men trying to steal from women thing, which does happen, but in this case is not true because they were misled by you. You can't do that. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the greatest flip ever because she succeeded. 
It's one of the greatest flips of this year. She succeeded. But um, no, <laughs> it's not okay. It doesn't – I can't give you a pass for that. That's just – it's crazy. I can't commend you for being a thief. <laughs> Look, I thought it was hilarious. Anyway, all right. So I'm going to get out of here. Before I get out of here, remember, I appreciate you listening. And once again, we have hit over 100 downloads. That's crazy. That is uh, about 50-some on the first podcast and about 40-some on the second podcast and I think like 10 on the uh, trailer of the first podcast. So I appreciate that. That's a huge milestone for me, and I'm glad I even have anyone listening. So I appreciate you. Before I leave, remember, mental health is just as important as physical health Got to take care of your brain, water your melanin, and uh, I'm out. Peace. Talk to you next week. That's the end of the podcast. Have a good day. Bye.